Welcome to Herbs with Erin, Remedies for Body and Spirit podcast, where we help people explore the power of herbs to create optimal wellness and strengthen their spiritual practice so they can feel healthy and connected. Herbal information provided in this podcast is meant for educational purposes only. It is not meant to take the place of professional medical advice. Welcome to episode eight. This episode is all about wildcrafting. So wildcrafting is the opposite of gardening. Gardening is when humans take plants and they put them in certain spots and tend to them until they can take the produce or harvest the leaves, the flowers, and things like that. Wildcrafting is when a person goes out and is foraging, looking for plants that they can use for herbal remedies, or maybe they can use them for food as well. But wildcrafting as an herbalist is really fun to do because the plants are there and available. You don't usually have to pay anything to pick these plants, and everything's been done for you. It's been grown, and you didn't have to tend to it or water it or anything like that. And they're in their natural environment, which is really fun and a great experience to learn from when you can see how they they naturally grow on their own. So why would you want to go wildcrafting? Why wouldn't you just want to create a garden for yourself so that you could have these things right at your fingertips? Some of the reasons include you just don't have the space to do it. You might be renting. Your yard might just be too small to do that. And the habitat in which the plant needs is not in your your yard or in any space near you. So that's some of the reasons why people will go wildcrafting. And it's just really fun to go explore for things sometimes too. The other reason is that the person is looking for a large amount of something and uh, that amount cannot be grown in their yard. For example, I love stinging nettle. I have some of it in my backyard but not enough to sustain me through the winter. So I like to go find it in other places. And I just happen to be able to find it real readily in my area. So it's it's really easy to to find and I don't have to go far for it. Some plants like different environments such as along stream sides. Sometimes they like to be under trees and in shady environments. And sometimes they like to be in full-blown sun. And many of these conditions may not be in everybody's backyard. So that's why some people like to wildcraft and other times it's just super, super fun to do. Uh, Some people do it for a form of income. So there are herbal companies that will send out bulk herbs to consumers. And those herbs are not always coming from a production type of situation. They're not always coming from a large uh, tract of land where everything's being grown. There are actually many people out there wildcrafting for these uh, herbal items and then sending them to one place so that then they can get paid from those distributors and the distributors take and bundle everything together like in a cooperative situation to be able to ship out to people in larger quantities. So if you are interested in finding plants in your area for wildcrafting, here's some things to consider about the land that you're going to go find to be on. The easiest way is to wildcraft on your own land. If you have, you know, uh, several acres, you can be 
roaming around and looking for things that are growing and you never know what's peaking up here or there and things can be growing in areas that you go to consistently to pick and harvest from. You may also be able to harvest on somebody else's land that you know. They may have several acreages and would be willing for you to go on their land and look for plants to harvest from. Sometimes they'll want you to tell them ahead of time before they're coming. Sometimes they'll say, no big deal, you can come whenever you want to, but just establish the rules that they are looking for from you and so that they know what the frequency is that you might be out there roaming around and picking through things. And Their neighbors might need to know if you're going to be out there. And so just establishing that relationship is good. Sometimes you don't know the person at all and you see something growing. Maybe when you're driving through the country roads or something and you see a patch far off that you want to harvest from, And if you can find out who has that land or see a house nearby, it's possible to stop and ask permission to do that. What I would say is, you know, maintain safety. So if you're out on country roads and there's not a lot of people around, you want to maintain some sort of safety. So you can tell somebody where you're going to be, that you're uh, the address that you're going to be at, and then always be looking for ways to exit the scene if need be. But use your common sense, your intuition about the the place that you're going to and if you feel that it's a safe place to go to. So for example, I was driving along a road. I saw a bunch of St. John's work growing. It was beautiful. It was in full bloom and there was a lot of it. And the road I was on was fairly well used. So that made me feel good. I could see the house from the road really well and I could see the front door especially. So I knew I was in line of sight for where cars go to to a lot. And it just happened to be that there was a man that was outside in the driveway doing some sort of chore. So I drove up to him and was able to ask if I could pick the yellow flowers in the field. And it's best to explain to people, especially strangers, what you're going to be doing, why you're doing it, and how much of it you're going to take. So for example, you could say something like, I'm really interested in using that, you know, St. John's wort, which is the yellow flower in your field for making salves for pain. And I only want to take about a basketful of it and I won't be harvesting all of it. Usually when I've done that, I've met with, you know, great response. Sure, go ahead. I don't use any of those plants anyway. Feel free to take what you want. So that was a situation where, you know, it felt real safe. The person was already outside. Everybody could see me harvesting. And I was able to get the beautiful St. John's wort. One thing people will often ask me is, well, how close to a road can I harvest, especially if I'm going to use these herbs for tea? So some of the concerns are that there might be some sort of pollution coming from the road, runoff from the road because our cars are not leak proof. And what if some of that stuff runs off in the rainwater and gets into the ditches and into the fields where we're harvesting? And, you know, it really varies on place to place, but I'll give you some of the tips that I use when I'm harvesting, if I'm considering harvesting near a road. So I look for um, any signs, of course, of pollution that's really bad, lots of trash, um, any signs that something's been dumped around there. If there's no plants growing really well, in an area, that's um, something to be concerned about. And I also try to gauge whether or not there's a lot of 
dust that's coming from the road. Uh, if it's a road that's near, let's say, a gravel pit or new construction site, and it happens to be a fairly dry summer, and you can see kind of this dust settling on the plants or on the road um, or on the you know your car, then those are some reasons to think that there's a lot of dust on the plants. And so you could certainly rinse those plants off when you got home. That's just another um, step you have to do when you get home. And I try not to touch the plants as much as possible because I don't want to bruise them or cause them to start to decay faster than they need to. So another thing I look for is agricultural lands that are very big and that look like they potentially have some sort of herbicide or other insecticide that might be sprayed on them. So I'm looking for very many acreages that are in a monocrop, you know, like a big, big area of corn that most likely has some sort of treatment that needs to be put on it in order to have such a large tract of, of monocrop there. That might be of concern to me. And um, looking for buffers in between those agriculture fields and the plant that I want to harvest. So those are some of the things I consider is the proximity to road and how much that road is used and how much dust and things might be um, coming. What is up and down the road? What kind of, you know, activities is nearby? And then I also look for proximity to large tracts of agricultural fields. Now, there have been times I can think of when the situation wasn't ideal. It usually happens with elderberries, and I see them in the ditch somewhere along the side of the road, and I want to get to them so badly. They may be next to a, a road that's used frequently, and I can see an agricultural field close by. And, you know, sometimes I just really want <laughs> to use something, and so I take the I almost take the risk of of harvesting from those areas, but it's it's not often, and um, it's usually when I'm first learning about a plant, and I really want to play with it and try out some herbal remedies just to see if I can get it to work, and not necessarily always to ingest, but you really have to use your own judgment if you are going to use herbs near roads, and um, everybody has their own tolerance level. Everybody has their own need uh, so like I said, sometimes I can't find something, but I see it in one spot and it's not ideal, but I really want to use it. Maybe some people just don't have a large place that they can go to to do any harvesting. They don't have the transportation to get further away from the city or the agricultural lands. So you, you really have to make your own judgments on that. Another thing to consider is how much of something to take. And when we're talking about bushes and trees, you certainly don't want to ever be taking more than like a third of that plant. It becomes stressful on them at some point to take so much away because we have to remember they have a they have a root system. That root system is supporting the above ground mass. And if those kind of ratio changes drastically, that can send them into a bit of a shock. We also want to consider that other people might be coming to this area to harvest it too and want to consider leaving some for other people. I also consider leaving some for the wild animals that are in the area too, If it's especially if it's in a place that's not completely rural and is a little bit urban. Um, and so when I'm like picking elderberries, I always think, oh, these birds would like some too. I can't take every single berry that there is here. 
um, I want to leave some for the animals as well. So I'm, I'm considering the other living beings around me and uh, the health of the tr- of the tree, shrub, bush, plant that I'm harvesting from. I certainly don't want to take so much from it that it stresses it out and causes it to not flourish the next year or, goodness, don't want it to die either. Because we want to be able to come back to these same spots to, to wildcraft from because they can be kind of hard to find sometimes with certain types of herbs that we want. When I'm harvesting, doing wildcrafting, I also want to take into consideration all the herbs that I'm harvesting and to know if I can even process them when I get home. Will I be able to freeze them, dry them, hang them up? Do I have the space to put them places? Do I have enough containers to hold them? And things like that. Or I might be getting enough to share with other people that I know are looking for it too. Sometimes I come across things that I don't necessarily expect that I'm going to find. And in those instances, sometimes I know I won't be coming back to that area because I won't be there ever again. It may be just kind of happen to be there and find something. So um, in those cases, I have to consider like how much of this can I carry out with my hands and how far do I have to go before I get back to my vehicle or my house and um, keep those things into consideration as you journey back and forth on your travels there. So if you go out wildcrafting, I suggest bringing uh, paper bags of different sizes and uh, baskets or buckets with you, something that can hold these items, these herbs that you're going to get in a way that doesn't squish them and put them on top of each other, give them ample amount of room so that you don't bruise the leaves, which causes a decline in the quality of your herbal remedies when you're making them. And you certainly don't want to be squishing berries before you can get the juices out yourself. And you want to consider, you know, what kind of container you have some of these things in so that you don't squish berries into a paper bag. That's not a pleasant experience either. Consider having something very sharp with you to cut with. Because the cleaner the cut on these plants, the easier it is for them to cover over the wound and take care of the wound. But certainly take into consideration that you're going to want some tools to be harvesting with and have those on hand as much as you can. So those are my tips for wild crafting. If you have some other tips that you would like to share, feel free to send an email to fullcircleherbals at gmail.com. Thank you for joining the Herbs Podcast. Please connect with me on fullcircleherbals.com or at the Facebook page, Full Circle Herbals. I'd be happy to receive suggestions for future podcast topics.